Welcome to Berenson Bond episode 46 with your host Corey and Diego Berenson. Good morning, Diego. Good morning, Daddy. Good morning. This is a beautiful Tuesday morning. It rained a lot last night. Did you hear any of it? Mm. No? No. None? None. Zero? Zero. How did you like sleeping in your fort? That was a pretty sweet fort. That was? Oh, it's still built. It is. Hey. So tell me. We printed out some instructions to build some forts, and you picked... What was the name of the one you picked? I don't even know how do you pronounce it. Fortress. It has two O's. I mean, two dots. Yeah, it was kind of Ikea words. I think it was from Ikea. What's Ikea? is a store. It is a store, and they have crazy names for things. And if you go online, you can print out the instructions on how to build different forts. And the one you picked was Fortress. And what was the one you picked for Nike? Castle. Yeah, Castle. Castle. You made a fort for the dog. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. And speaking of dog, we're going to go over a book, a follow-up for the book you were reading. It's not a dog, Dad. Yeah, but tell tell me again why you bought the book. Because Because I didn't even know... I thought it was it meant like shoe dog like he the owner of Nike or it it looked like it deals with Nike so um like a dog that deals with Nike so you thought it had to do with a Nike and it was like, a story about a dog like a dog with that person so mostly you thought it was about a dog basically yeah. And you learned it was nothing about a dog. So far, there's nothing about the do- about and a dog in general. Do you remember why I told you where yes. the name shoe dog came from? Mm-hmm. Tell me. Dog is like another word for feet. So he made, so it's basically saying shoe, feet, like shoes for your feet. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. But it's still a good book. It is good. And the last time we read about, we talked about this book, it was... A long time ago, we are barely getting into it, and now you're really into it. Really? We haven't, we haven't finished it, but we're pretty far along. So you're going to tell us some highlights about, about what's been happening so far. So go. Hit me with it. What's happening in Shoe Dog? Dun, dun, dun. Diego's got bullet points. Watch out. Well, um, Phil creates his first pair of tigers, mm-hmm. um, with, uh, well, before that, he, I think he f- found a company, right? He found a company. He found a manufacturer in Japan. Called Anetsuka. Mm-hmm. And he got his shoes from there, and then he started selling them. Then he hired, or a while later, like I think a year later, or two years, um, he hired someone else to start selling on the West Coast, which is Johnson. Um, Or, 
your West Coast, and then um, they call him the East Coast Cowboy. Um, I don't know what his real name is, but uh, he, because um, he was a fam, he is or was, I don't know, uh, a famous person for on his commercials, and so he start, wanted to start selling his, um, Phil's shoes. Um, after he created them, it would make a little more sense if it was like, oh, I'll help you, I'll help this shoe company help sell shoe, more shoes. Um, it would make a little more sense because then um, that other guy would also wanting be wanting to help sell. That would make a more sense, but instead Phil created his own shoes and then that other person sold that person Phil's shoes um, without asking without asking Phil yes mm. on Itsuka but not Phil so he went behind Phil's back flew to Japan and said I want to sell those shoes and they told him yes because he was in, he was in Marlboro commercials which was cigarette commercials so Onitsuka thought, oh, you're very famous. Yeah. We see your face in commercials. Yeah, you can sell the shoes. Don't worry about that, a Phil guy. Okay, go on. And then, yeah. So he starts to sell on the East Coast. And I forgot that Phil. So there's two people selling on each coast. Johnson selling on the West. Phil selling on the East. And then that cowboy person, random dude person guy thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah. on the east coast as well so then phil flies back to japan to stand up for him and his shoes to he's basically telling on these are my shoes he can't sell i should be the one to sell so then they give him a chance and then phil flies back to america after he sells three thousand five two hundred fifty shoot pairs of tigers whoa and then he asked um, Anitsuka if he could sell all over America, and he, they said, yeah. Um, and then asked him if he had an East Coast. Well, he can only do that if he has an East Coast um, uh, East Coast office. And he said, yeah, but he really didn't. So he had to um, ask um, Johnson to go over there. So then he did, and then... Then Johnson creates the first blue, well, I'm assuming it's called Blue Ribbon, Blue Ribbon Store in Santa Monica in 1966. That's all I got. Okay. All right, so get your, get your book so you can read the description of the very first Blue Ribbon Store. Because Nike used to not be called Nike. It was called Blue Ribbon. Well, maybe. Go ahead. Okay. Got five minutes. Um, I will follow up with the next part. Doggy or that thing you bought. I totally forgot. Here we go. Right here. Okay, so this is 1966. So go back one page. Yeah, start there. Okay. Somehow Johnson didn't. Johnson hit the magic number. Well. Yeah, I'll start from here then to this part. Okay. Oh, you, where in are you closing, start? I told Johnson that if he could sell 3,250 pairs of tigers, 
um, by the end of June 6th, um, and he's saying, like, which would be probably impossible, um, somehow Johnson hit the magic number. By the end of June, he sold, he'd sold 3,250 pairs of tigers, and he healed. Thus, he was holding me to the end of the bargain. Before Labor Day, he leased a small retail space at 3107 Pico Boulevard in Santa Monica and opened our first ever, ever retail store. He then set out turning the store into a Mecca, a holy of holies for runners. He bought the most comfortable chairs he could find and afford. Um, and he created a beautiful space for runners to hang out and talk. He built shelves and filled them with books that every runner should read, many of them first addictions from his own library. Keep going. That's it. Turn the page. There's more. You said just read this. Yeah. And then this part. This is very key. This okay. is key. Okay. Oh, it's so important. He covered. <gasps> oh, sorry. He covered. <laughs> he covered the wa- walls with photos of tiger shad runners and laid in a supply of silk screen t-shirts with tiger across the front, which he handed out to his best customers. He also stuck tigers to a black lacquered black lacquered lacquered wall and illuminated them with a strip of can lights. Very hip. In all the world there had never been such as a section check 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 what? Such a what? Sexual Where? Sexual Where? Sex Where? Sanctuary. Sanctuary. For runners. A place that didn't just sell them for sell them shoes, but celeb- celebrated them with um them and their shoes. The Aspring Colt leader for runners, he finally had his church services were Monday services were Monday through Saturday 9 to 6. The first ever truly dedicated store for runners. Like he said, pictures of runners wearing the shoes. The shoes on a shiny black wall with lights lighting up each pair of shoes which were the tigers. And I really want to look up what those original tigers look like. I said that. You said something else. I said to look. I want to see it too. I want to see see what they look like. Well, I want to see it too, too. So we haven't got to the end of Shoe Dog, but that's where we're at so far. Dun, dun, dun. And then I am going to read you some special, special passages from the greatest story ever told so far by Lawrence Krauss. And you said it was the best thing, or it would blow your mind. 
Yes, this book has succeeded. Yeah, it blew your mind up, basically. It blew my mind up and let me know 100% there's things that I cannot fully grasp and understand. But I wanted to read it anyways because I knew there'd be pieces and parts of it that I could understand and try to connect with things that I understand to help me be able to explain it to you better, which helps me understand. If I can explain it to you, that means I understand it well, right? I'm to the very last pages and I don't know what happened. But I'm going to read what I highlighted, which I think is some key points, which is really cool. And then we can just talk about it. I know you have to leave in about 10 minutes, okay? Because you have a class Zoom well, coming up. right now, basically. Well, I, that's just the beginning. Well, so I, just hang with me a couple minutes and you can get okay. in there in a second. I'll get in there at 11 or 5.59. Okay. 10.59, not 5.59. All right, so this, I mentioned this book before. I wanted to finish it before. I covered it, but let me just read some things and tell me what you think, all mm-hmm. right? Just some sections I highlighted. So going here, this is the very beginning chapter. Mm-hmm. The lessons of our exploration into the unknown, led not by our desires, but by the force of experiment, are humbling. 500 years of science have liberated humanity from the shackles of enforced ignorance. By this standard, What cosmic arrogance lies at the heart of the assertion that the universe was created so that we could exist? What myopia lies at the heart of the assumption that the universe of our experience is characteristic of the universe throughout all time and space? You know what that means? Mm. He's saying there's no reason why what life and experience and that we experience has anything to do with the rest of the entire universe. We have no idea. It's too vast. All right, zooming way forward. Yeah. So it talks a lot about light and how important light is an important component of breaking down all these massive experiments and machines to understand how the tiniest things operate at the tiny quark level, the tiny gluon level of materials taken atom into even tinier pieces what makes up that so light's important in fact light also behaves like a particle and a wave depending on the circumstances under which you choose to measure it the individual particles of light which we now call photons were first labeled quanta by the german theoretical physicist max planck and remember long time ago we talked your uncle kenneth works at the max planck institute Cool, huh? So remember, photos. Did you take a picture? You take a photo? Not phobo. Not a phobo or photo. It's photo. Because a photon is a particle of light. And so a photo is just shortening. Is shortening a super cool Not thing. Not phobo. Not phobo. Right. Not phobo. Phobo is way more fun to say, though. Phobo. When you're saying Like it's if you're phobo. talking about a phobo album, maybe? A phobo album. <laughs> <laughs> Photo, All right, photo. zooming way forward. Photo album. This is talking about from 1954 to 1974, which is the exact same time period where Phil is over working hard to sell tigers, right? So that's going on in America. That's going and are on. Are they in America? Right? They are in America and all over the world. This book is talking about scientists at that time doing research while 
he's making his shoes. Pretty cool, huh? All right, these two decades took us not without turmoil from chaos to order, from confusion to confidence, and from ugliness to beauty. It's a wild ride with a few detours that might seem to come from left field, but bear with me. If you find it a tad uncomfortable, then recall what I said in the introduction about science and comfort. By putting yourself in the frame of mind of those involved in the quest, whose frustration eventually led to insights, the significance of the insights can truly be appreciated. Now, zooming way forward. The notion that the world of our experience is a similar accident of our particular circumstances rather than a direct reflection of underlying realities has become central to modern physics. We even give it a fancy name, spontaneous symmetry breaking. And that's a super complicated weird it's thing to say, fancy? right? Fancy? Yeah, say spontaneous symmetry breaking. Spontaneous symmetry, symmetry break. break. Okay, do you know what symmetry is? That's when something is the same. Like if you cut it in half, it looks the exact same on both sides. So he used the example of a straw, right? So if you look at a straw, if you look down it, you know, you could cut it and it looks exactly the same down the tube, right? So that's a symmetrical shape. The exact same roundness all the way down. Now, spontaneous symmetry breaking is if you put that straw on a table, just rest it on the table and smash it with your hand down, it would break and bend and twist in different ways every single time, right? You could have a thousand straws and say, line them up and just keep smashing them with your hands, right? Every single straw would break differently. That's the spontaneous part. So it's spontaneously breaking the symmetry. Okay? I don't get it, but okay. No, yeah. I get it. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I didn't. I get it. No, I get it. I get it. I'm really glad. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm skipping forward. You have a bunch of gold on your shirt. Yeah, they call me the golden boy. <laughs> no, nobody calls me that. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what gold are you talking about? I don't have gold. It on looks me. like shade, but it looks yellow. <sighs> well, I'm just golden. I don't know what to say. <laughs> All right, so zooming way forward to the end, we're going to talk about the Large Hadron Collider. Are you ready? No. I know you're ready. You look ready. All right. So uh, this is in se September 10th, 2008. The machine, the Large Hadron Collider, officially turned on for the first time. Okay. It has 1,232 huge magnets. Hey, at 10.55, stop me, okay? It has 1,232 huge magnets. Each, Diego, each magnet is 15 meters long and weighing 35 tons. Lowered 50 meters below the surface in a special shaft delivered to their final destinations using a specially designed vehicle that could travel in this tunnel. A year after that, the final pieces were lowered into place. Okay, so it turned on on September 10th. They've been working on it for years. Two weeks later, disaster. 
a short occurred in one of the magnets, causing it to go abnormal, released all this energy, right? And the liquid helium cooled the machine. Okay, helium, right? I just said that there was a huge, huge release of helium that cooled the, the machine. <clears throat> the damage was extensive enough that a redesign and examination of every weld and connection in the LHC was required, taking more than a year to complete. So it opened. Two weeks later, there was a problem. Then they had to inspect everything for a year before they did it again, before they turned it on. A year? Wow. And then in November of 2009, it was finally turned back on, but because of design concerns, it was set to run at 7,000 times the center of mass energy of the proton. Which sounds like a lot, but that was instead of 14,000, which was the original amount. So they did half as, half as much as a test to see if it wouldn't break before they ramp it up. Then, another year later, on March 19th, 2010, the machine finally began running with colliding beams at the lower energy and both sets of detectors began to record collisions within two weeks. Wow. Cool. Now, this is going to blow your mind. So, put a helmet on. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't have one, sadly. The incredible challenges of the technical feats achieved at CERN during the 15 years since the machine was first proposed. If you land at Geneva Airport in Switzerland and look outside... You will see gentle farmland with mountains in the distance. Without being told, no one would guess that underneath that farmland lies the most complicated machine humans have ever constructed. Consider some of the characteristics of the machine, which lies at some points 175 meters below the calm and pastoral scene, the flowing grass. Deep down, 175 meters down. Now I'm going to read 12 amazing points about it. Is your helmet on? Because your brain will explode. It's not. There's a bomb still setting off, okay. but has it going off yet? In the 3.8 meter wide tunnel, traversing 27 kilometers, are two parallel beamline circles, intersecting at four points around the ring. Distributed around the ring are more than 1,600 superconducting magnets, most of them weighing more than 27 tons. The tunnel's so long that if you're looking down it from the inside, you can't even see where it starts to curve. There is 96 tons of superfluid of helium that are used to keep the magnets operating at 2 degrees above zero colder than the temperature of the radiation background in outer space. In total, 120 tons of liquid helium are used, cooled by 10,000 tons of liquid nitrogen. There's 40,000 plus leak-tight pipe connections that had to be made. The volume of helium used makes the LHC the largest cryogenic facility in the world. So people, actually, you can go to a place called a cryotherapy place, and they use liquid nitrogen to cool the air. Mm -hmm. So you get inside of a little, kind of like a tube, up to your neck, and they pump in this super cold air. 
Like and then you it, get cold? Oh, you get super cold, but you're only in there for about a minute or two, right? Makes two? your body so cold that your body reacts to protect itself and it kind of reinvigorates this protective mechanism in the body. So people go to what's called cryotherapy. You know how I take cold showers? Wait, this is way colder than that. This is you're getting in hundred and you know, way below freezing temperature air. But it makes your body stronger by having to react to the cold. So he's just trying to be funny by saying this is a big cryotherapy place. Ha ha. Moving on. Yeah, I don't think my mind has exploded yeah. yet. The vacuum in the beam lines is required to be sparser than the vacuum in space, which is more than when the astronauts are walking outside of the space station. The protons, remember we talked about a proton as a, or a proton, no, a photon is a particle of light. Proton. The protons are accelerated around the tunnel in either direction to move at 0.99999 the speed of light. Wait, why is it always have or, lines? Or you could understand it as only three meters a second less than the speed of light. Close enough. The energy possessed by each proton is the in the collision is equivalent to the energy of a flying mosquito. Which doesn't sound like a big deal, right? Hmm. But it's compressed into the radial dimension, imagine a tiny circle the size of one million million times smaller than the mosquito's length. So imagine the size of a mosquito, and if you can chop it into a million pieces and then chop that millionth into a million pieces. So okay. small. So the length of a mosquito? So think of the length of a mosquito as about like that, maybe a centimeter at most if it's a big one. Now chop that into a million pieces, then chop that millionth of that into another million pieces. All right? That'd be gross now, chopping a mosquito. Ew. Each beam of protons, okay, so imagine one, the million millionth, right? Imagine that. It's bunched into 2,808 separate bunches, okay, squeezed into one quarter the width of a human hair, okay, so if you took a human hair off of your head, Probably. chopped it into four pieces, okay, one-fourth of a hair, inside that one-fourth of a hair is 2,808 bunches of protons, in a beam. In my hair. In my hair. And about that size. So how much... Okay, so wait... Wait, if wait. I have like 500 million pieces of hair, that's like... <laughs> a lot. Now, around the ring, there's 115 billion protons in each bunch, yielding bunch collisions every 25 billionths of a second, with more than 600 million particle collisions per second. So every second, there's 600 million explosions. Or collisions. Yeah, so my hair, yeah. there's a bunch of explosions. Yeah, totally. Your hair is exploding. The computer grid designed to handle the data is the largest in the world. I think I can feel it. Biggest computer in the world. If you ever want to see it, it's there. Wait, the biggest computer ever. Yeah. It's so big. Every second, the raw data generated, generated by the LHC is enough to fill more than a thousand terabyte hard drives. Say who? So every second, it could fill a thousand terabytes. Say what? Yeah. 
This must be reduced considerably to be analyzed. Yeah. From the 6 million billion proton proton collisions analyzed in 2012 alone, more than 25,000 terabytes of data were processed. More than the amount of information in all the books ever written and corresponding to a stack of CDs about 20 kilometers tall. What's 20 kilometers tall? I, I'm trying to hold on. To do this, a worldwide computer grid was created with 170 computer centers in 36 countries. When the machine is running, about 700 megs, megabytes per second of data are produced. It's a lot. It's a lot. That okay. is a lot. The requirements for the 1600 magnets produce beams intense enough to, to collide is equivalent to firing two needles. Imagine a needle gun. From a distance of 10 kilometers with such precision that they collide exactly halfway between them. So if you are standing here and your friend is standing 10 kilometers away and you're shooting each other with needle guns, Ouch. the needle, the very tip of that needle would hit at exactly the midpoint between you two. It would, poof, the needle bullet would hit the needle bullet. That's what's happening. The needle bullet will hit the middle bullet? Yeah, the needle will hit the other needle exactly at that point. Wait, how? That's the precision that's needed here. Okay, the alignment of the beams is so precise. The account must be taken for the tidal variations on the ring from the gravity of the moon as its position over Geneva changes, causing a variation of one millimeter in the circumference of the LHC each day. This humongous tunnel moving by one millimeter, they have to account for it when they're shooting these tiny proton packets at each other because it would miss. It's that tiny. To produce this incredibly intense magnetic fields needed to steer the beams, a current of 12,000 amps flows through each of the magnets. About 120 times the current electricity going through your house. So we have energy in our house. Do that times 120 um, for each magnet. Mm. Yeah. Okay, the strands of cable needed to make up the coils span about 270,000 kilometers or about, or, or about six times the circumference of the earth. Okay, so if you wrapped the earth six times around, that's how much metal coil is used inside this collider. Are you sure about that? That's what it says. Oh my goodness gracious. If all of the filaments in the strands were unraveled, they would stretch to the sun and back more than five times. The sun and back. Yeah. The sun. Not much. The sun. Yeah. I'm continuing on. The total energy in each beam is about that, about the same as that of a 400 ton train traveling at 150 kilometers an hour. That's enough energy to melt 500 kilograms of copper. Okay, the energy stored in each magnet is 30 times more than that. Yeah, try re listening to these points. Okay. Okay, this is number. This is the last one, number twelve. Even with the superconducting magnets, which make 
power consumption in the machine manageable, when the machine is running, it uses about the same power as the total use of every house in the whole city of Geneva. All right. Uh, pretty, yeah, obviously the next sentence, the scale of absolutely every component is immense. We get that. Here is a photo of the detector, the smaller of the large detectors. So there you can look up a picture of the inside of the LHC. If you Google that, it's pretty ridiculous. Is that big? It's that big. That's a human right there. That's how humongous it is. Wild, huh? All right. Well, that's all I wanted to say about that. Two good books. The other thing I wanted to ask you is, I just wanted to see how you're feeling right now about this whole being at home thing. Just just a little quick check-in. Well, I like it, but at the same time, I don't like it. What do you like the most, and what do you like the what do you dislike the most? I What's the best what and I worst like about the it? Most is that um, I have more time on my video games. <laughs> and then what I like least most is that I can't really hang out with my friends too much. Yeah. Soon you will. Soon you will. And soon we all will feel more comfortable being with other people and being close to one another and not being too afraid as we ease back into being together again you know and like I was saying the other day yesterday you know most people that get it get better most of them and we are not in the age demographic that is the hardest hit okay mm -hmm. you're very healthy we're healthy like I said we exercise every day we take our vitamins. Mostly every day. Yeah. It's pretty close. You do something physical every day. At you go least. outside every day. Uh, yes. You're yes, taking your definitely. vitamins. You're eating good food. Healthy food actually gives you the best defense against any illness, even including this crazy virus. So getting your body healthy helps you be def a good defense for lots of things down the line. A lot of the conditions that people have that's the most scary for them during this virus, those are illnesses that have developed over a long time of not eating good. Sometimes you get it just because you get it, but a lot of times it's because of just How you eat. not basic health things. And we're not crazy, you know, just you know, drink some water, get some sleep, eat good food, don't eat bad food. Eat some donuts. Eat donuts once in a while. No! Yeah. How dare you? Once in a while is okay. I had like 500 donut bowls. Just don't eat donut holes all day long. I can. Don't do it. At least one day. Okay. <laughs> All right. And what's most on your mind right now? Buying a Lamborghini and Robux. Roblox with Robux. Robux. Getting I don't just have any Robux, getting though. briefcases of Robux. Is that is that what's going on in your head? No. I don't know. I just want to get back going. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. I see. Oh, so tell me, what's the controllers again? So to fly a helicopter is only four buttons. Well, this is for Xbox. Okay, so I we're on an Xbox. 
You told me it's only four buttons to fly a helicopter,、mm-hmm. but seven buttons to drive a car? That doesn't make any sense. It does not. I don't like those numbers. But that's how you do it. Okay, so tell somebody who doesn't have Xbox what buttons、so、are. Do the helicopter first because that's shorter. Okay, if you'd have a helicopter. Okay. RT to move up. And if you,、um, you aren't listening to this, and you. Okay, just, just walk me through.、Uh, yeah. So RT to go higher. Okay. Or to move high. Like, go high. LT to go lower. Or, like, yeah. Go lower or land. And then、um, the top left joystick to move left or right. Mm hmm. And to go forward and backward. The bottom right joystick is to look around your helicopter. And then,、um, yeah, that's it. And、so、then to、helicopter. get out is A, but、okay, that doesn't really come out. Okay, A to get out, in and out. That goes with anything. Everything's、so really、A gets、that. in and out of anything. Okay, so well, now. Y to get in a vehicle, or、uh, yeah, a vehicle, but A to jump out of anything. So Y to get or in. Or jump if you don't even. If you aren't in a vehicle. Okay. And now car. And then car. Here、I'm、we、ready. go. Here we go. RT is the gas or acceleration,、mm-hmm. which you can go forward. LT is to brake or reverse. Top left joystick again, forward. Or RT to go forward. It, the top left is more to go left or right.、Um, or if you're moving backward, whatever. And then the bottom right joystick is to look around your car again. And then RB is if your car flips over and it doesn't flip by itself. You can click RB. Make sure it's RB, it's on the right side, not the left side. I get confused with that. So,、um, and then LB to get you a nitro boost.、Um, and then, yeah, that's it. That's all of them. And then when you're running or aren't in a vehicle, LT to move faster. Also, use the top left joystick and move it towards, like, away from you, directly away from you. And then that's how you go faster. If you just want to walk or, like, jog, you just move the joystick up. And then A to jump, bottom right to look around, and then B to punch. And top left joystick, if you click it down, You can crawl. If you click it again, you can stand back up. And then, yeah, that's it. All right. Good. All right, that's it. That's all we got for today. Oh, wait. Wait. I know. I just. Wait. I know. Be healthy, y'all. Bye. Bye.